Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from, uh, well, we're near Minneapolis, uh, the Oilers of the Minnesota Wild. It's 1235 in Edmonton. Just before we go to Louis DeBrusque, this text comes in, and I want to get to it. Bob, is uh, Vincent DeHarnay uh, that good that the Condors struggle without him? Well, the Condors are 5-0 and this year with DeHarnay in the lineup, and, uh, yeah, they're struggling without him right now. There's there's several reasons why. Uh, Colin Chalk is in his first year as an American Hockey League head coach. Came last year to be the second assistant with Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson after uh, J.F. Houle got the head coaching job at Lavelle, the Montreal Canadiens farm team. Um, you know, the Oilers are playing without four regular forwards up front. That means there's four guys that are probably in theory, uh, playing in the American League, they're up in the NHL right now. And uh, the team doesn't seem to have a... Uh, they also don't have Calvin Pickard, their number one goaltender. Uh, but DeHarnay is a big get for them. He's he's an important player. And, uh, you know, James Hamlin's gotten games in the NHL this year. And it would not surprise me if DeHarnay's had uh, hand issues. He's got an infection right now. It would not surprise me that at some point next season, Vincent DeHarnay would get games into the National Hockey League. All right, without further ado, we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline for uh, our friends at GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, gcldiesel.com. We welcome back to the show, Louis DeBras. Louis, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you doing? Good. What time did you eventually fall asleep last night? I was just going to say the same thing to you. It was a little late getting in, but... uh... You know what? We had the morning off. We didn't go down to the rink today for the first time this year. We kind of took the optional in that regard. And, uh, yeah, you know what? It's sometimes what you have to do just to catch up. But that's just the nature of the NHL, isn't it? Players have to go through it. We have to go through it. And, you know, they got to go out there and play the hard minutes. We uh, we can kind of bide our time and get there when we need to get there and do what we need to do. But um, there's no question. Uh, this schedule isn't for the faint of heart, the National Hockey League. I know we talk about it a lot. Every team has to go through it. And, uh so this is a tough turnaround, very similar to the one we saw Washington, Tampa Bay. That uh, back-to-back earlier in the season was a difficult one, and they came out and played an amazing game in Tampa Bay. So I expect the same. These guys, these guys understand what they have to do to get themselves prepared. They understand how to manage a game, and I think you know that's one of the things that they've worked on a lot, and they're still working on. I mean, that that game last night is case in point of managing a game and finishing games off. But they'll have a very tough opponent who's had a few days off the Minnesota Wild. They haven't played since Sunday. All right, Louis. Let's let's take it through your playing days. Now, 
How, when uh, did, did you fly uh, pri- uh, team charter at any point during your NHL um, career? From my seventh year on, yeah. My first six years in Edmonton, we were commercial. And uh, and it's funny, you know, we, we you and I have talked about this in the past, about the fact that the, the back-to-backs were only either at home or in situations where you could easily get to the next city. Um, and to the next city, I mean like a New York Islanders, New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils, right. that trio there. Because um, there was only a few teams in the league that had the luxury of having a private plane that could jump on a plane and take off. So the schedule was more spread out. It truly was. Nowadays, they clump the games together and... Uh, you know, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. I, well, I'm not sure how we were able to do it back then where we probably not as many days off. I will say that. I don't remember having a lot of days off. And it was kind of just every second night. And like I said, the back-to-backs typically would be in situations where you were able to drive or stay in the same building for the back-to-back. Well, it, it is interesting because last year the Oilers started the year 16-5, and five, but they had multiple home games where teams had played in Calgary the night before. And it started yep. their number one goaltender, and the Oilers ended up getting backup goalies, and, and they took full advantage of it at home, catching teams in the second of back-to-backs. And I'm going to take this, you know, one one step further here. You know, we're 20, 23 games in the NHL season, and the Oilers have yet to face a team at Rogers Place that's playing the second of a back-to-back. And the Flames have been the team this year to start the year that have had a, a, the, the somewhat beneficial schedule, just the way it's worked out, where teams have been in Edmonton, yeah. and then they end up being in Calgary the next day, like Florida the and other you, night. And you know as well as I do that they, they switch that around. That's something yeah. they, would, they would adjust every year and make sure that it's not the same team that's getting the advantage every year. Um, I know that coaches will always say it's not an advantage back-to-back, whatever. Nobody wants to make that excuse. But listen, it is. You know, you're getting typically the backup goaltender. You're getting a team that's tired from the night before. And, yes, sometimes they can come out and have that momentum to carry forward and they take off out of the start of a game, which I, I know Edmonton's hoping to do tonight. But at the same time, every game is a game. Um, but the, the league does is aware of that, and I do believe they adjust that and rotate that through the teams to make sure they're trying to spread that out so that it's not every year that, say, Edmonton's getting that team in the second night and, and Calgary vice versa. So I, I think that it's just uh, being being in Western Alberta where two teams are very close together, where teams are traveling to get to those two teams. Vancouver's in that mix as well. But... Uh, you know what? That's just the nature of the beast. And this year, it's not Edmonton's turn, and they're going to have to deal with that, and they're going to get a little bit tougher starts. All right. Well, speaking of having to deal with things and getting a little bit tougher, they're going to have to deal with an opponent that is tougher. <laughs> uh, the, Minnesota's a better team than Chicago, and they're a way tougher team. We've posed the question for our listeners on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Louis DeBrus joining us from D, uh, GCL Diesel. Uh, especially in light of the opponent for three of the next seven games, um, do you think the Edmonton Oilers need to change the dynamic in the bottom six of their forwards, even when they get some of the bodies back? You know, even when, like, we know Kane's not back for three months. Yamamoto is on the trip. He's closing in on a return. I don't know if he plays tonight. Uh, of course, uh, Fogel and, and McLeod are out at least short term. Um, Louis, if you were the, the GM of the team, would you look at adding a little bit of size further down the lineup? Sure. Um, I think Clean Costin fits that bill, though, and I think he'll play tonight. Uh, I know he was in warm-up last night. We almost thought he was going to go in there, but I think obviously with the long day he had trying to get his immigration um, sorted out, they just didn't want to throw him into a game. He came out, he looked pretty good in warm-up, too. He zinged a couple off the bar and in. I thought, you know what, maybe he will go, but 
Um, playing against Minnesota tonight in a back-to-back situation, I'd be very surprised if they don't throw him in there, a fresh set of legs, get him out there, a big body that can get on the forecheck, and I'd like the way he's been physical. So he fits that bill. Now, when we say big, you got to remember, we're not. it's not just talking about fighting. And, and don't get me wrong, Clean Costin can fight, by the way. If you go back and look at his fight tapes, he, he's not afraid to drop the gloves. And he's a big individual, and he plays an abrasive game. Um, power forward type of game. Yes, he's trying to figure out that offensive side of the game at the NHL level, but he's done some nice things. I, I, I like the way he's played, and I, I certainly like his physicality. But yes, if, if I could, I would, but at the same time, it's just not that easy. There's not a lot of guys out there to go out and get. Um, and they're covenant. So, I mean, you're going to have to give up something to get those players. Obviously, the salary cap world, up against the salary cap, it's not easy to make those, those moves. But I do believe that when they do get healthy and you look at the top nine of the Evans owners, they're big enough to handle that. They're big enough to handle anything that any team wants to throw at them. I truly believe that. Warren Fogel's a big guy. He can weather a hit. Yes, a player, he's a big guy. No problem. He can deal with that. Costin now is in the mix. Dylan Holloway's not a small guy. He's a young guy. Dreisaitl can fend off that. McDavid, I mean, I think the other night when he got shoved down in front of the net against Florida, it was the first time I think I saw somebody knock him from a stationary position sideways down on the ice in maybe three years. That's how strong he is on his skates. Like, you just don't knock him down. So, the game has changed, Bob. But to further your point, yes, I think you can always use that serviceable grid in your lineup. I think it makes you harder to play against. I think it makes the opponent understand that it's going to be a tough night. And that is the identity the Edmontoners want to have. They have a ton of skill when they're healthy. They can play fast. They can play hard. But the Zach Hymans of the world for me, the Evander Keynes of the world, those guys make it difficult on you physically as well. And it might not be bone-crushing, punishing hits all the time. It's the grind. It's the grind they make you go through to try and get out of your own zone. It's the grind on the floor check. So that's also a physical game in its own right, and that's, I think, what the Evan Fillers under Ken Holland. When you look back at the Detroit Red Wings, that was the game they played. It was a pressure physical game. Um, they didn't necessarily always have a tough game. I mean, Darren McCarty had to take on a lot when he was there. Joey Kosher was in the Knicks, obviously, when he came back. And I know they brought Stu Grimson. They did try Aaron Downey. They brought some guys in to try and fill that void as a tough guy in Detroit. But they did it with team toughness. I mean, I haven't even talked about the back end. Darnell Nurse, and I don't think he's afraid of anybody in the league. He'll fight anybody. But you don't want him fighting guys on a nightly base. You want him... You know, making sure that he's playing that solid 200-foot game like he did last night. He was all over the game last night in his 500th game. I thought he was very noticeable. And uh, you know what? To answer your question, of course. I'm always going to look to better the team. If I was a general manager, I think Ken Hall is doing the same thing. I think he's certainly sniffing that out and understanding that the landscape in the Western Conference especially, he might need to do something like that. And I do believe that's the reason why they got clean costing because he's a big kid that can play a power forward game. Well, I'm going to tell you, I probably would not have done that trade. Um, Sam Marukov and Kostin, only because I thought, all right, you're giving a Russian forward an opportunity and a Russian defenseman an opportunity. And I, I might want to just say, you know what? I think you need more D than forwards. Kostin has frankly surprised me. Like, I, yeah. I probably saw him play three times. I didn't realize he was that physical on the forecheck. Like, he lands one. And the other thing is, he's been hit a couple times. He got trucked a couple times. And he got up and went and flattened guys in the next shift. I really respected that. So, You know, I, I agree. Yeah, he surprised me, too. I, I didn't know a lot about him. Obviously, I knew about him coming into the league when he was drafted. I knew the type of player that he was supposed to turn into. And listen, it hasn't been the smoothest transition for him into North American Pro. But... 
I mean, you see him walk around and you look at this kid and you're like, holy, he's, I mean, this is a guy I'd sweat back in the day. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, glad, I'm glad he's not a, a guy that goes out there looking for fights on a nightly basis because I'm sure he'd be pretty darn good at it if he wanted to be or if he had to be, kind of like we had to be back in the day if he wanted to make it. Those are some of the things you had to do. But um, listen, um, he's working through it. Uh, I wish him all the best and I, and I have liked what I've seen and I agree with you. I, I, I was surprised at how physical he was, number one, how fast he was on the forecheck, but he's starting to hold on to pucks. And unfortunately, you know, just when things are getting going for him, just when things were getting going for McLeod, um, the injuries start to happen and guys are, are down and out. Fogel, same thing. I mean, he was really, they were really starting to find some chemistry on that line in New York. I thought that line was really instrumental in getting guys going to have that comeback. And uh, that's, again, the nature of the beast on the National Hockey. You have to deal with this. And Minnesota Wild has some guys out of their lineup tonight. And you just have to next man up at the opportunities for other people to step in there and the Oilers have won three in a row. They haven't all been Picassos, but you know what? They found a way to win. And in this league, that is the most important thing. You have to find a way because there will be difficult games where things don't go your way and there's going to be other games where, for whatever reason, it does. But uh, speaking of toughness, Marcus Foligno got into a fight the other night with Liam O'Brien. He's a real strapping guy, and now he's starting to engage more. O'Brien, that is. Foligno's been a pretty active fighter the last few years. But they gave him an extra roughing penalty. And this is kind of where... For me, as an old tough guy, a little bit old school guy, I just get a little bit disappointed in the league sometimes. And I don't know what official gave him the penalty. I don't know if it was Peter McDougal, who was the one talking at the penalty box that he snapped on, or if it was Chris Schlenker, who was standing four feet away. All he did now was on a line change after a whistle, and you always have to be careful for 10-minute misconducts when that happens. But typically when two guys engage at the same time, they just kind of let that go. But all he did was shove Liam O'Brien, who obviously was saying something to him as he skated by him. He gave him a little shove. They both dropped the gloves at the same time. They had a real spirited fight. Polino had him down, didn't hit him extra on the ground because he's a very honorable guy. Didn't hit him down on the ice, down on the ground. They go to the penalty boxes, and all of a sudden, the Arizona Coyotes have an extra two, and he's looking around going, what are you talking about? Roughing. Yeah. Roughing. I, I literally pushed the guy a little bit to engage in the fight, and it was mutual. And he absolutely snapped in the, in, in the penalty box, and we, we saw the video of what he did, and he kind of just freaked out. But, I mean, this is kind of what, for me, it's so difficult now, I think, for players to police themselves. I truly believe that. And, you know, we, you and I have talked about this at length. So, I, and the reason I'm bringing this up, Bob, is because of what we were talking about earlier. I know that every team wants to have toughness. Every team wants to be a team that's hard to play against. And, and, but I look at this and I say, if you have players that are starting to do this on a regular basis, it almost seems like they're punishing these players for playing that style of game. Like Marcus Salino is a pretty, pretty even Steven guy. Listen, he goes over the edge every once in a while. Very tough guy. I mean, had a career high in goals last year. He's turned into a very good player in the National Hockey League. Big guy, can eat up minutes. And you know what? I just didn't like that call at all. I just, I just was looking at that going, those are the calls right there. Now, I don't think Marcus should have snapped the way he did because it just really hurt their team. But I just I understand why he did because he's, he's the guy just trying to be the honest guy here. And the next thing you know, he's getting the extra two. And I'm like, I've never liked that. There, there has to be more awareness of what's going on on the ice. You have to have a pulse 
uh, take the pulse of what's going on. That's two guys that are willing to bat. And it's just let them fight. Give me five. It should have been one and done. No big deal. But it turned into something larger than that. And I think that's probably why teams are maybe a little bit reluctant to go that style because you're now opening the eyes of the officials to maybe look for those types of calls. That's just an opinion of mine. But Minnesota's not reluctant to go that style. They pick up Reeves. They already, like, this is... This is, I would say this year, based on personnel, Minnesota's got the toughest team in the league. Well, you know what? Uh, last yeah. year I thought it was Calgary. This year I think it's yeah. Minnesota. Well, and actually Arizona has some big guys too. They, they're not afraid to throw their weight around, but I agree with you. Minnesota is the toughest team. And, you know, Dean Evison's a guy that loves physicality, loves tough guys, loves guys that can play skate, hit, and play that hard game and grind on you. Billy Guerin was the same way. Although Billy Guerin was an offensive player, he played a very hard game. You know, he was a physical yeah. player. He was, you know, he was in the grind. And I think that's kind of, as a general manager, the type of team he wants to build. And it's worked for them. Let's face it, it's worked for them. They go in, you know exactly what to expect. We're going into the game tonight, you and I talking about it, saying, okay, this is going to be a different type of game tonight. You're going to get hit. There's going to be a four check. And you better be ready because they're going to come back to pretty aggressively. They had some days off and they're going to have some juice. For Edmonton tonight, it will be moving the feet, moving the puck quickly, let the puck do the work for you, and managing that puck well. Because this team is very good at striking on turnovers. They did against Arizona. They made short work of a couple. They're going to have to be sharp in this one. All right, one final one for you. I don't know if you can think back, but were there a couple guys that were highly unpredictable on the ice that would snap show a bit when you played? That would what? Would snap show, would lose it. Would, oh. would... <laughs> snap show a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, a couple on each team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's that? It was a little different. There was a couple on each team. It was a little different. You know, it yeah. was, uh, there were some guys certainly that were like that and... Uh, you know, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I mean, you're just being nice. Guy. You don't want to. You don't want to no, no. crush anybody no, on the air. No, listen. There was a tough guy. You know who actually did have a, a fuse that every once in a while he would go like, like really, like he would lose it. Was uh, Scott Thornton, good friend of mine. He was a little bit deceptive that way. Very, very good fighter. Um, good player too, but. If you wronged him, he was kind of, and you know what, Jajar Kara, I remember Craig McTavish calling Jajar Kara, you know, John Wayne tough. He was that honest tough where if you did something wrong to him or one of his teammates, Jajar Kara is going to step in there and fight you because he's the honorable guy that's going to do that and it's the right time to do it. Very rarely is Jajar Kara skating around out there, slashing guys, just looking for a fight because he does it for the right reason. And Scott Thornton was, was kind of that player too. But he had a real short fuse if you wronged him. If you did something to him that he thought was offside, he would come back at you four times harder. Like it was, it was like, it, it was, he would literally snap. And uh, because of that, he got more room. And later on in his career, he scored 20 goals in the league. You know, he was a, he turned into a real good player, played almost a thousand games. It wasn't for injuries. He would have played a thousand games. He opened up some guys in fights too. Yeah, you know, he had those sharp knuckles. So when he, every time he fought, it seemed like he sliced somebody open. But I think that, that the fact that he could snap, um, I think really let people know, even tough guys, like, hey, if you do something to this guy, he might not just fight you. He might, uh, we used to call it the roll of quarters where, you know, you grab the butt end of the stick and you're literally rolling the quarter and you're hitting somebody with that. There's just a little extra pop on it. And he used to do that quite often if somebody did something wrong to him. Louie, great stuff. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now. Wait, 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 
you're right. One more thing. I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus, but the guy that's standing behind the bench for the Amazon Oilers right now, Dave Madsen, <laughs> he came by his nickname Charlie, honestly. <laughs> so, you know, Do you remember the time? Yeah. Do you remember when <laughs> Lehman was throwing he, Denny he Savard around? Every once in a while. Oh, God. Remember when he had that great fight with Scott Stevens? I love that fight. Uh, that was two great defensemen that could play, but really hard. They really epitomized what the hard-nosed, tough defenseman was in that era because they both put up points. They both were they played a ton of minutes, but they were extremely nasty and tough. And, I mean, you see Charlie now. He is a big guy. I mean, his son Josh is the same way. He put down Jamie Benn the other night. And you know what? He, uh, I'll tell you what, when he, when he went to the other side, just clear away. <laughs> because it was, yeah, you know what? Just get out of the way because it wasn't going to be pretty for somebody. Well, for fun, maybe we'll get Brendan to uh, tweet out from the Oilers Now account uh, Dave Manson as an Oiler absolutely obliterating Joel Otto. It was just ugly. Great stuff, Louie. All right, take care, Bob. That's Louie DeBrus for our friends at GCL Diesel. 1254 in Edmonton, you're listening to Oilers Now. Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, 1257 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue, open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 till 10 p.m. Uh, tell Chris and Chef Eltoff that Oilers Now sent you. Uh, Louis DeBrusque was just on for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Uh, GCLDiesel.com. Hey, we've got another Oilers road trip. If you're looking for the perfect holiday gift, you can join Oilers Now in Vegas in January to see the Oilers play their Pacific Division rivals, the Vegas Golden Knights. This new West travel package includes three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel on the Strip. Great game tickets and a welcome reception with yours truly. For the Oilers Now Hockey Vegas package, reach out to newwesttravel.com. It's December. We're going to go back into Oilers game day trivia. And uh, we've got a, a GC set up, courtesy of St. Albert Source for Sports, your hockey headquarters for over 35 years. You text the answer in to our Ashley Five Floors text line. The first correct answer wins, 780-496-0063. Bill Guerin, you heard Louie talk about him, of course, uh, came to the Edmonton Oilers in a big trade for Jason Arnott. Uh, who was the other player that came from New Jersey? Brian Muir. And Jason Arnott went to uh, New Jersey. Who, besides Bill Garrett, came from New Jersey to Edmonton? And it was a pretty significant trade at that time. Texas, the uh, correct answer. And you will win uh, on St. Albert Source for Sports. Winners game day trivia. Off to a global news weather tra uh, traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back, George LaRock, Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based media personality.